We are going to turn on the lights now, for real. <laughs> and um, we are commemorating Israel's 71st, 71st birthday, Yom HaAtzimut. It's not actually tonight, but at our service tonight. And in honor of that, we are going to do the rare thing of inviting a heterosexual rabbi to join us on the bima. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's my pleasure to invite one of our two co-senior rabbis, Jonathan Singer. If you don't know him, he's a great rabbi, and you should know him, also known as my boss, <laughs> who I love a lot. <laughs> love you too. And um, in, we, the three of us did this at the last service too. We wanted to really get into conversation with you about Israel by presenting not just one narrative, but really sharing our own different unique takes on Israel right now from a personal, in a personal relationship way. So we're each going to share something we've, we've written, and then we'll talk a little bit. Shabbat shalom. Or what Rabbi Mintz has in her head. <laughs> I said I didn't write anything, but I'll come up with it. I think, you'll be, I think you'll be fine. I think Thanks. you'll be fine. Typical. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> Go ahead, Rabbi. When I think of Israel, I used to think of the time I spent in Yerushalayim as a young student and I thought that Yerushalayim was the center of the miraculous, the place to be. Walking the streets of Golden U on paths that our ancestors may have walked, going up and touching the Kotel and feeling its cold closeness, wandering into Mea Sharim and kind of time traveling and being in the shtetl, and then crossing over into modern Israel, uh, going to yeshiva and studying with other students where what connected us with, as progressive Jews was our love of Torah. Being there at that time in my life in Jerusalem, it was simply a spiritual ecstatic experience. It was spiritual Jewish crack. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but now for me in my life, that place of spiritual connection or the miraculous has changed. It's gone into the amazing mundane, so to speak. It's when I go to Tel Aviv with its dingy Bauhaus-style architecture that's been soiled by the Mediterranean climate of the beach air hitting the walls. It's when I walk past clubs that I will never be awake enough to go when it's really <laughs> happening there. But I know you guys are in there. <laughs> it's when I join the progressive Jews trying to get others to daven at Tel Aviv Beach. Have any of you ever done that? It's really, really cool. Or when I walk in the promenade and there are sweaty Jewish, Muslim, and Christian bodies all walking by each other, some of them dancing, some of them crossing over into the single-sex-only beaches, some of them going to whatever. <laughs> it's just amazing to be in Tel Aviv. It's a modern city that was founded by Jewish visionaries who wanted to bring us as Jews to a different place. Her founders realized that we had a shift from being a people who just dreamed about the future, who wanted to bring the Messiah on by praying, to following what Max Nordau argued, that we had to become a Jewry of muscle, that we had to use our efforts to re-enter history, to farm the land, but to build cities too. And so they brought on themselves that messianic transformation. And when I go to Israel today, I feel that vibe in Tel Aviv. And I'm taken in by the wonder, the technology, the enthusiasm, the energy, the openness, 
and I feel the messianic there, even though I know it's not really been achieved. Martin Buber taught us that good old Moshe, that you cannot live only in the spiritually ecstatic, ecstatic in the I and thou, but that you have to go, if you're going to be in the real world, you have to enter the state of it. And the reality of nation building is that we have struggles and we'll make mistakes when we're in that world of the it. There'll be imperfection and disappointment. And you hear it now when people talk about Israel because they only want it to be the place of the Messiah. But the revival that we're involved in now, it can bring out the best in us and it can bring out the worst in us. But we're a people committed to Torah. And it's our ideals and beliefs that can help us really rise up and show a different path because Israel is not the only country that struggles with what's wrong with itself. But it needs to be a place that can show when there's conflict that we can bring tikkun. We can vision peace. Now that we Jews can be in that state, we can show a different way. So Israel at 71, unlike me, is still really young. <laughs> It's a work in progress, and that should be of no surprise. But in our ongoing engagement as liberal Jews, we can enjoy, join in that Jewish discussion and wrestle with Israelis to build a better future that's more progressive, that's more pluralistic, that reaches its hands out to the other to bring peace. The dream still has to be a dream, but it has to also be made rule, real as another form of the miraculous. Am Yisrael high, the people and Israel live. We should celebrate on any good birthday, but the next day get up and do our work to bring tikkun. Amen. Amen. I'm a struggling Zionist, but I'm still a Zionist. So I wanted to talk for a moment about the personal. My first time going to Israel, I was 16 years old, and I stood on the patio of the King David Hotel in Jerusalem with my mother and my grandmother. And they looked across and they said, when we were here last time, this was the border, the patio of the King David Hotel. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, we came here the year before you were born. You were born in 1966, and we were here in 1965. So this patio, this was the border between Israel and Jordan and what happened in 1967. What we jubilantly took upon ourselves to get back the holy city, and what for many Israelis became the occupation in 1967. And so the word Israel means to struggle, and we all still struggle with that dream. So for me, there was a lot of fantasy about what Israel was supposed to be, what it could be, what it should be. And then I remember the next time I went, I was there with their very dear friends, and I got like at the heart and soul of what the Israeli family was like. And how many people here have ever tried to get on an Egged bus? <laughs> and were successful. <laughs> so this was right before um, Shabbat was about to begin in Tel Aviv, and my friends were waiting in a huge crowd of people to get on an Egged bus, and they had their one-year-old in a stroller. And they kept pushing forward, and they kept getting pushed back by Holocaust survivors, and old men and women, and soldiers, and people who were like dripping falafel and hummus everywhere, and <laughs> nobody was saying slicha, because it's like, it means excuse me, but Israelis don't actually say that. And they're <laughs> elbowing their way, and everybody's getting on the bus, and they're realizing they're not going to get on the bus until finally a man pulls down the window and says to my friend, give me the baby. 
Give me the baby. And my, my friend looked around, and the people in line went, give him the baby. <laughs> and his wife thought he was crazy, but for some reason, he just picked up his one-year-old and handed it to this guy in the window. His wife looked at him, and another window went down and said, give us the stroller, give us the stroller. And the wife, for some reason, just picked up the stroller. Can you imagine doing this in Muni? Right? You'd get arrested. They put the stroller in the bus, and then they yelled for them to use their elbows, and they realized their baby and the stroller was the bus, and everybody let them right in. That was, that was the Israel of one, of one big family, this sense of everybody knowing everybody, and in some way, that connection, Am Yisrael Chai, is alive. But in other ways, that's a fantasy, because that's not the Israel for everyone. And, and at 52 years old, having been born in 1966, I think about that fantasy that I grew up in, I think about the reality that I encounter every time I go to Israel now, and how sad I am, and how proud I am, and how disappointed I am, and how angry I am, and how frustrated I am, and how in love with Israel I still am, and that it is a very complicated relationship that I can never and will never let go of. And that's why I struggle, like our name, Yisrael, which means to struggle with God. I struggle with Israel every day, and I'm gonna keep going back, and I'm gonna be impressed and awed with the technology and with the miraculousness of the desert that's still blooming, and I am going to be saddened by the human rights issues that plague us to this day, and I'm gonna work. And so it's a very difficult relationship. I still struggle, but um, what I say is, every one of you should take the opportunity to go, um, and I know it's very difficult for millennials because we don't want, I mean, now I'm speaking as if I am you, so please forgive me. I don't want to be the identified Jew at work. I don't want to have to defend Israel in San Francisco. Um, I don't want you to feel that. I don't. I want you to share the struggle with me. I volunteered with Rabbis for Human Rights in Jerusalem while I lived there for my last semester of high school. Each morning, at our school, we spent learning Hebrew and Jewish history through a very classically Zionist lens. And then I, being uh, my last semester of high school and finished with all of my credits, volunteered with this organization, Rabbis for Human Rights, where I would go in the afternoon and travel to East Jerusalem and volunteer for a Bedouin community that had been forcibly relocated to uh, an area that was kind of like a trash dump in East Jerusalem. It was not the fabulous night you could spend with Bedouins as a tourist in the Negev. Maybe you've done that. It was abject poverty. I woke up in a beautiful Israel each morning, and every afternoon I was confronted with an Israel that was not living up to the vision I was learning about in my classroom. This was my first introduction to the cognitive dissonance that many of us experience when it comes to the Israel we love. The image of me boarding that Sheirut in West Jerusalem and heading east just a few kilometers to a very different picture in some way perfectly symbolizes my relationship with Israel. Israel is the place where the Hebrew language that I love has flourished. It's where my family discovered long-lost cousins who every Shabbat and holidays invited Fran and I over for, while we were living there for my year in Israel when I was a rabbinical student. Israel is where you can find Tel Aviv, 
as Rabbi Jonathan spoke about, one of the few cities in the world where I feel like I make sense because they understand how to love and argue like Jews and eat and design and decorate like gay men. <laughs> Israel is the place where I first fell in love with a Jewish boy, something I never got over and highly recommend. <laughs> and it's also a place that continues to break my heart. Rabbis for Human Rights exists in Israel, created by Israeli Jews, because there's a problem with human rights. When I think about Jewish 18- and 19-year-old soldiers sent to maintain a military occupation so that the most fanatical of us can live out an ideology that ignores the plight of their Palestinian neighbors, my soul cries. When I see that Israel is a place that has institutionalized a form of ultra-Orthodox Judaism that ignores who the rest of us are, I am angry. When I see racism enshrined in law, I cannot call that Jewish. And yet I love that holy land. I love those Jerusalem stones. I love Hebrew. Today, though, what I love the most about Israel are all those Israelis who are standing for a future of justice and peace. I stand with them. I stand with the 9,000 Israelis and Palestinians who marked Yom Hazikaron at a joint service in Tel Aviv this past Tuesday. I stand with women of the Wall and B'Tselem, the Israeli Human Rights Watch Group, and the Israeli Religious Action Center, and the Agudah, the Israeli LGBT Task Force, and so many more Jews and Palestinians who have not lost hope that a peaceful and just future is possible. We, we want to now turn this conversation into a group conversation, not with all of us at once, but we want you to turn to the people around you and in a loving and respectful way, like we can't always do, right? We actually don't always get to have this conversation where we make an agreement of respect. Can we make an agreement of respect? Yes? I'll try. <laughs> Spend a couple of minutes talking about not your most strong political views of Israel, but your personal relationship with Israel. Where are you at right now? I want to challenge you about one thing, you guys. I want you to go to Paris next trip and leave the inner core and go into the Muslim areas and tour that part of France. Part of our critique of Israel is so strong because we are engaged and we care about it at home, but we, I worry that we don't carry the same critique when we go anywhere else. We don't. You know why we don't? Because we're visiting there and it's not ours. It's like, it's but, like when you go to somebody's family's home, it's not yours. critique of this country. But we don't, we don't talk, when we talk about it with these groups, we don't talk about it in that, hey, we know that we're talking about the real mm -hmm. and and it's a country like any other that has yeah. huge problems, but huge successes, but you have to hold it in the same light as other places. I, 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 you know, we all do the tours, and then I think to myself, well, okay, here we are for 10 days in Israel, and we're gonna go tour the slum by the Tel Aviv bus station. There's no way I would do that with a group if I were going to <laughs> Amsterdam. You know? I would, no, I would no, say people want to go there. We did that in were, Germany. Actually, my German good, trip is complicated good, that way. Good. Yeah. But the, that's okay. It's the difference between like a birth or a birthright trip and a bestseller. It's the difference between a birthright trip. What's the difference between tourism and like getting like? Yeah. 
how are you going to engage in any place? I guess we have to honestly acknowledge that we engage it deeply, that if we looked at other places deeply, we'd see um, even worse problems. Yeah. Doesn't mean we don't have to fix it, but... Oh my God, we're winning really I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I have been a taxi in 15 minutes. So. Thank you guys. That was a great oh, trip. Thank you so great. much, Jonathan. Have a great trip. Have been good here. You know what? I want you to go home and bump me up to first class. <laughs> I hope you had meaningful connections and conversations. We would love to hear about them at the ONEG. And we are going to rise for Elenu.